Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. I'm Mary Jo, your host, and today I'm on a solo episode which I'm going to talk about dairy. So dairy is a very topical um subject I suppose in the nutrition world and it divides a lot of nutritionists in terms of their opinions and um, a lot of people are anti-dairy while other people are pro-dairy and some people are are kind of in the middle. I think I'm uh, in the middle really. I approach dairy um, the way I approach most things in nutrition every one of us is bio-individual so what works for one person or what is um what what some person one person may not be able to eat well another person can and it just really depends on a number of factors uh some of which could be genetics and what's going on in your life right now your stress levels and lots of other things can come come into play there so there is a lot to be considered when looking at food so saying that one food or one thing is bad or good it just isn't um good sense or good science really and um, so it's important to consider all the multitude of factors that could be contributing to um, an issue with a certain food so today I'm going to talk about dairy though because it comes up a lot and I see it a lot with my clients they come to me saying oh I can't tolerate dairy I never have been or I told to by some someone that they went to before to remove dairy from their diet for whatever reason but they've never actually been tested if they can't um, take dairy or um, tolerate dairy properly. So yeah, I just think it's important to talk a little bit about this subject because um, dairy has been consumed for thousands of years. Um, so it's a it's a food that's been why it's widely available, always has been, and it is, in my opinion, an extremely nutritious food. So it is. A complete source of macronutrients. It can, um, it's a combination of fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. So it makes it a really um, nutritious food in that regard. Um, it's great for recovery and hydration after exercise. Um, it contains all nine essential amino acids. Um, so basically it's a complete protein source and it's extremely bioavailable meaning we can use all of the nutrients in the milk very easily by the body and um, and that is for most people who can digest it well obviously I'll go into it more and talk about the issues with milk as we go on through this but um and milk and, and dairy products in general um but it's important just to highlight what dairy actually contains and it contains those nine essential amino acids it also contains um fat soluble vitamins and this is really important for everyone really but particularly women um for both hormonal health and for their bone health and um, it contains vitamins a d e and k and 
unless we are getting enough fats in our diet and unless we are getting in, them in through foods that contain uh, nutrients to help us utilize these foods like protein, fats and carbs, then we're going to be deficient in these micronutrients. And these are so, so important. Like we need vitamin A for our thyroid gland. Vitamin D, as you all know, at this stage is so important for your immune system and for energy, uh, so much more. Um, Vitamin K is important for your bone health and uh, vitamin E is amazing for your skin. So, and these are just some benefits. They have accumulation of benefits when combined together. So if you're not, uh, for if you don't drink any dairy or eat any dairy, these are important micronutrients to be really aware of and that you uh, must either get them in supplemental form or look at other sources of food to get these um, micronutrients in. But dairy is a good way and easy way for the body to utilize, digest these micronutrients. They also contain a lot of um, other micronutrients like minerals, like iodine, um, phosphorus, calcium, things like that. So iodine is extremely important for thyroid function. Um, like animal products are really the only the, the best source of iodine. Um, so unless you're getting these in your diet, again, it's important to look at other ways of getting them and you can get it through um some like seafood and then um the the plant sources of seafood as well like algae and seaweed things like that um and then calcium and phosphorus and that and so yes you can get these nutrients in plant sources and there's that's great however plant sources contain substances like phytates and lectins which are called anti-nutrients and these make it a lot more difficult for the body to utilize these um, nutrients like calcium and because they're technically anti-nutrients they are blocking the absorption of them so while you can get them in those foods you're not getting the same bang for your buck basically compared to an animal product which is already converted to the easily bioavailable or usable form for the human body to use it so um like when you see stuff on Instagram that compares, you know, the same amount of calcium is in, in milk is in the same amount of beans. Technically, there may be more in the beans than in the calcium, for example, or sorry, in the milk. However, that doesn't go into the level of how much you're absorbing by the body as how much the body is able to absorb from those beans. It mightn't even get half of that if even because of the anti-nutrients or phytates and lectins and things like that that are on these foods uh, that prevent us absorbing them efficiently. So that's just something to bear in mind uh, when it comes to dairy products, what they actually contain, what is so um, nutritious about them and that they are it's a whole food and it's actually not that high in fat either Uh, I think people steer away from fat uh, and milk especially because of the high fat content inverse commas but in in a whole fat glass of milk and say in 100 grams it's only 3.5 percent fat which is actually a a moderate low to moderate amount of fat and also we need that fat in order to get those by um fat soluble vitamins vitamin a d e and k otherwise we don't absorb these um the other thing to make note of is in when you're looking at milk it's important to look at what's added to the milk so uh, in ireland we're really lucky we um have milk that comes from grass-fed cows mostly and that means that they have more healthier fats because they're being fed on the grass uh, and they're not being fed grains so that uh, can, can make a massive difference to the composition of the milk and the quality of the milk um 
the other thing to note is if you uh, what, what's been added then to milk like if there's thickeners like carrageenan and gourgur gum these are thickeners that can have an effect in your gut health then there's also um the synthetic vitamins that are added so if you're drinking low-fat milk or slimline milk they may add in synthetic vitamin a and d because you need these either fat soluble vitamins that are naturally found in full fat milk but in low fat milk they're they're stripped away essentially so they're added in in order for you to get these vitamins and um, however these are synthetic and they're not as easily absorbed and digested by the body which again can give some or may give some inflammatory reactions again this isn't um widely studied or there's not a lot of um conclusive evidence to suggest this but this is just some um possible factors in what could be contributing contributing to the issues with digesting milk it may not be the actual milk itself it could be the additives that are in the milk or it could be the synthetic vitamins that are in the milk so just to be aware of that as well um so that, I hope that kind of gives a bit of a summary on the benefits of milk. And just when it comes to dairy, like people say, oh, I can't have dairy. Yet they'll eat a pizza with cheese on it or they'll eat a big tub of ice cream, but they won't have a yogurt or um, a glass of milk. So the context really matters when it comes to dairy. You know, you, if you're having digestive issues after a tub of ice cream, you have to ask yourself or a question, is it the dairy that's in the ice cream or is it the, the sugar, all of the additives, all of the other uh, ingredients that are in that tub of ice cream? Similarly with um, a processed pizza or frozen pizza, is it the cheese that's on that pizza? Um, and even if it is, it's processed cheese. It's not the same as, say, cheese from a block of cheese for example it's different it's got a lot more additives in there plus then you've got the all the other additives that are in the frozen pizza to preserve it and all the other flavorings so these can also contribute to like gut issues and issues with digesting food that can make you believe that oh it must be the dairy that was on the pizza it must be the dairy that's on the and um, that was in the ice cream but you have to consider the context does matter where are you getting your dairy sources from so i'd always get people to to question that when they say they have issues with dairy, what are their primary dairy sources and what uh, do they think is contributing to that? Um, and also the dose can be the poison. If you are drinking 10 cups of tea a day and you're having milk in all of those and then you're having milk in your cereal and then you're having ice cream after dinner and you're having lots of cheese on your lunch. If you eat a huge amount of dairy, this may contribute to some issues because the dose can be the poison. And it can lead to some inflammatory reactions. It may have some inabilities to digest it as a result of that. And I'm going to get into a bit more on the factors that can contribute to the issues with digesting dairy. So the first thing is lactose intolerance. So um, this occurs in about... 5% of the population in Ireland. So it's actually not that, it's not a huge issue in Ireland. Um, the issue with lactose intolerance, it comes from, um, it depends basically on your descendants. Uh, where you, uh, So like it occurs mainly in Asian um, descendants or Native Americans. Okay, so they may not have had a huge amount of dairy in their diet. And that has just uh, contributed to their genetic makeup and their inability then to make the enzyme lactase, which breaks down lactose. So we produce lactase 
uh, to break down the sugar in milk called lactose. And if we have enough of that, then we don't get the symptoms of lactose intolerance. Uh, so if you are lactose intolerant, avoiding lactose in milk, so getting lactose-free milk and maybe getting digestive enzymes that contain lactase to help you digest dairy in the case that you do eat it. Um, but uh, for most people in Ireland, it's actually quite um, it's quite low occurrence. It's around five percent of the population are lactose intolerant. Um, so if you are someone who doesn't eat dairy or has gone off dairy because you were told, you know, it's not good for you or whatever, and then you, you know, eat something with dairy in it, chances are you're going to have a difficult time digesting it because when you remove dairy for a period of time, your body stops making lactase because it has no need to. And then when you do make it, you don't have enough lactase or it doesn't, you don't make any in response to that dairy. And then you have issues with it and that gives rise to some symptoms that might look like you've got digestive issues or that you have some um, sensitivities to the, the dairy. However, that could just be because you've gone off the dairy for so long. So you can technically or you can actually make yourself lactose intolerant by going off milk for a period of time. And um, so that's just something to be aware of. Um, and it's just so important that if you are choosing to leave a, a massive food group um, like dairy out of your diet, that you get proper guidance on it um, and you're doing it for the right reasons. And I have no issue with people with people not having dairy in their diet if they are doing for like ethical reasons or vegan reasons. That's absolutely fine. The only thing I would say is to make sure you're um, making up for those vitamins and minerals that you're not getting in your diet um, from from milk or dairy sources that you're making up from them elsewhere. Um, but I've no issue with people doing that. But if they're cutting out dairy for a health reason, that may not actually be helpful long term. That's when I might have an issue with it. So it is just important that you're getting factual and correct information for your own individual needs. Um, then the other issue with dairy, and this is maybe more um it's more common than the lactose issue. It's um, the proteins that are in the in the dairy. So there's different proteins in dairy, whey and casein, for example. Casein is then broken down into four other different kind of subgroups of protein. Um, two of those are called A1 and A2. So A1 um, protein basically it increases the blood, not the blood supply, the milk supply. Um, so there's a lot more milk supply in A1 type milk. Um, while A2 is it's not as commonly found um, on its own. But in Ireland, most commercial milk is a mix between A1 and A2 protein. So both of those proteins are in the milk in Ireland. It is thought or suggested that A1 proteins might be the contributing factor to some of the digestive issues um, and, and food sensitivities associated with dairy products. Now, this is, there is still a lot of work being done on this in Ireland and all over the world um, at the moment. And it, there is needed a lot more robust evidence to, in order for us to be able to say absolutely A1 proteins are more difficult to digest and cause um, digestive issues because that evidence just isn't there yet. There is some evidence there, but not enough to confirm that. So I'm not going to say that, you know, you need to um, reduce, um, cut out A1 protein. So um, from your diet or the casein that's in the milk, you need to cut that out because it's just the evidence isn't simply there yet. However, um, there is a lot of work, as I say, being done on this. And in New Zealand, um, they produce now a lot more A2 um, 
milk. So the, like basically it's a genetical, uh, it's a genetic uh, um, formation, I suppose, if that's the word, that's um, made up in, in different uh, animals. So like a Jersey cow might be more uh, genetically, um, have, produce A2 proteins while um, different the cows in Ireland at the moment are more A1 or A1 and A2 and so they make those different types of proteins so it depends on the genetic makeup of the actual animal and the breed and all of that has to be considered but um, yeah like at the moment like in New Zealand there is a company that makes A2 um, products which are really popular now in the stock market there it's becoming very very popular and um, because of the potential benefits of it versus a1 proteins found in casein or in milk products so um it is thought that a1 might contribute to issues like um slow gut transit time um inconsistent stool formation abdominal bloating and cramping things like that versus A2 uh, may not do that. So there has been some studies done on this and there was a um, systematic review carried out. So a systematic review looks at a combination of um, studies like randomized control trials, uh, case control studies and different types of studies and combines all the information together. So it's probably like it's the gold standard the top kind of study you can get because it looks at everything. And the available evidence from this clinical, um, sorry, the systematic review found that there were some moderate certainty for adverse digestive health effects of A1 uh, casein compared with A2. But um, this, it was low for other health effects. So it basically, it may cause or may lead to some adverse digestive health issues, but not any other health issues. So that's so important to be aware of. There's nothing wrong with A1 proteins um, or there's nothing wrong with milk in general. It's not going to cause any adverse health issues. It may cause some digestive issues in some individuals. And it's important to note that this isn't going to be for everyone. And again, it's to do with our own individual genetic makeup and bio um, individuality as well. So the A2 may be beneficial in alleviating symptoms of gastrointestinal distress, excuse me, um, in some demographics that are at risk perhaps, but the mechanisms are still not clear or fully understood and um, that therefore basically they need to do further robust and more independent research uh, to find out um, if there's more conclusions to be formed about this. So possibly it's to do with um, when we digest um, casein um, it, it can break down or hydrolyze into a compound or substance called BCM. Okay, so what this is, it's kind of like an opioid-like compound. And this is what could possibly be giving the um, inflammatory um, re reactions. So it can increase inflammatory markers, caused uh, gastrointestinal upset, uh, distress, slow gut transit time, things like that. Okay, and some individuals have an enzyme that converts the casein into that BCM while some don't. And this is possibly the reason that some people are just more sensitive to casein. So it's the production of this um, substance called BCM, which could um, be the, the cause of A1 proteins being the issue. Okay. So it's just um, depends on your genetic makeup, whether you 
convert casein into that called beta caseomorphine peptides, BCM peptides. So um, I hope that makes a little bit of sense. And I don't want to get into it too scientifically either, but I do want it to not just be an opinion here. It's more about what available information is out there because um, a lot of people have their own opinions on dairy, whether it's good or bad, but it's important that it's actually backed up by actual evidence. Um, but yeah, in relation to um, whether you could be sensitive to that A1 protein that, or that casein, A1 casein that's found in milk, some there is thoughts that if you are someone who gets a lot of uh, allergies or hay fever or sinus infections or ear ear and throat infections possibly this is an indicator that you could be more sensitive to this protein and have this enzyme that forms um, the bcm molecule okay so that could be some it doesn't say for definite but it possibly could be and this can be exasperated then um when you have these uh foods if you're sensitive then to dairy so if you have those issues like hay fever, sinus infections frequently, constant sore throat and ear infections, this could be a possible indicator that your gut is constantly in a state of fight mode and in an inflammatory mode. And it could be due to the food sensitivity um, associated with dairy in this case and the protein specifically A1 casein in dairy foods. So that's just something to be mindful of. In relation to hormonal, hormonal issues, um, if you have a food sensitivity to dairy, it may exasperate what's called histamine intolerance. So histamine, we, all, we, we have histamine in our body and it helps kind of protect us and fights against it. It's produced a lot of the time in, in, um, in response to food and um, it's part of our normal physiology but it can cause a variety of want of unwanted symptoms as well, um, including some period symptoms. Um, to, if you have too much histamine, it may be to do with the fact you don't have enough of the enzyme to break it down um, or that you're getting, you have food sensitivities like in response to dairy, it can stimulate histamine um, and fermented foods as well, which are found in some dairy products um, can also um, contain histamine. So if you are, producing histamine from sensitivities to food and you're also eating it uh, through like the likes of chocolate or wine um, and fermented foods there's a lot of histamine then in your body and this um, if you're healthy you should be able to clear that but you need this enzyme called uh, it's a DAO enzyme to break it down and if that's not functioning well or if there's just too much histamine and um, then you can develop uh, issues um, like what are called histamine intolerance kind of issues um, and you can be more vulnerable to uh, histamine at certain times of your cycle so estrogen is high during the time of ovulation and um, which is a good thing we wanted it's great hormone um, because it produces it helps you with more energy it increases your libido all of that however estrogen in comparison to progesterone so progesterone is low at this time of the cycle high estrogen can also stimulate your immune system to make more histamine and down regulate the enzyme dao and um, that's supposed to break it down so this histamine can then also stimulate your ovaries to make more estrogen so it's a kind of a catch-22 or a vicious circle the high levels of estrogen stimulates histamine and then the histamine then stimulates your ovaries to make more estrogen as well so um, these are some factors that can give rise to some pms issues when you have a high amount of estrogen and a low amount of progesterone and this is why some women can do well with lowering their dairy intake and um, to reduce pms issues okay and um, however this again would be only 
would be more likely to, to help someone who has an issue with dairy in the first place or a food sensitivity to the A1 casein protein uh, found in dairy products. And um, so that's just something, again, to be aware of. Um, I would always say like to, to manage, get your sources, watch where your sources of dairy are coming from. If they're coming from chocolate and sweets or um ice cream or pizza or processed cheese and things like that reduce those and switch to um you know a greek yogurt or a whole live natural yogurt something like that or um a little bit of goat's cheese um things like that or brie cheese something else um and then greek yogurt as i was saying and a, like glass of milk because these are good quality source of dairy that provide so many beneficial nutrients it's such an easy way to get protein in your diet such an easy way to get um healthy fats in your fat soluble vitamins and um, so i think that's really important to note and again the A2 protein that I've talked about that is thought to be easier for the body to use and digest and not provide, promote these inflammatory reactions is thought to be in found in foods like goat cheese and sheep's milk as well. So if you are someone that's sensitive to dairy products like cow's milk and um, cow, like cow's milk yogurt and cow's cheese, things like that, switching maybe to goat's cheese or goat's milk or goat's yogurt or sheep's milk and sheep's yogurt can be a really proactive and really beneficial step to take because you're still getting a lot of the beneficial nutrients from those foods uh, and you're not missing out on the fat soluble vitamins and things like that so that could be something to consider as well um, and then a note I want to make as well on nut milks I don't really like the term nut milks because they're not really milk because milk contains fats, proteins, carbs. Nut milks don't. They contain a very low amount of protein. Most of them are just a high water content with a little bit of um a little bit of protein and maybe some carbohydrates in there they're low in fat and, and not that high in protein uh, soya milk would probably be the highest source of protein and the closest to um cow's milk but the rest of them are quite low in protein and other nutrients they contain no fat soluble vitamins because there's very little fat in there in order so there's no way that we there's no fat soluble vitamins in there and it's lacking in minerals like iodine calcium phosphorus and things like that so while those milks are great alternatives if you have a lactose uh, intolerance issue or if you're very sensitive to dairy um, and you have perhaps that casein one protein issue um, casein A1 protein issue and you have those um, common sensitivities associated with that like the, the hay fever and sinus infections and recurrent sore throats and ear infections they can be very uh, beneficial in that case however um, aside from that their, their nutrient value is quite low. Again, obviously, if you are vegan, these are a great alternative too. Uh, but again, I'd always just say to make up for the fat-soluble vitamins and the iodine and calcium uh, in other forms and B vitamins as well from other forms of food and supplements as well um, because you're not getting that from these products like uh, plant milks. They just don't contain the same nutritional composition as uh, animal products do, unfortunately. Uh, they are you know, a lot more processed, a lot more manufactured, there's actually a huge amount of water required to make these products which is very unfortunate because people are turning to these for environmental reasons as well but there's a huge amount of water required in the processing and the utilization and to break for the like the nuts to be broken down and that as well so that's just something to be aware of as well if you are doing this for um environmental reasons um 
but and I, I'm this isn't a debate about environmental by the way or ethical reasons like everyone completely um support your own choices around this and this isn't to get someone to switch to a different side it's just trying to um break down I suppose the information around dairy and the alternatives that are out there and what you could be potentially missing by not having dairy in your diet and then the issues with is it actually the dairy itself that is the issue or perhaps is it an issue with ourselves is our gut already in an inflammatory state are we not digesting dairy well enough because there's already so much other inflammatory uh, stuff being thrown in there and when I say inflammatory stuff I mean the likes of alcohol high stress levels poor sleep smoking environmental toxins all of these put more in stress on our gut which then leads to it just not being able to digest the important stuff that we need like dairy um, and good quality dairy products I believe in Ireland we are very lucky to have access to grass-fed milk um, and I mean and grass-fed beef as well and really good animal products really in general and we don't have the same amount of hormones Uh, we don't have any hormones in our um, milk products compared to America Um, and most of the documentaries that are done on these animal products and demonizing animal products are done in America. Our rules are completely different. There's so much legislation for that. Uh, our farmers are, are look after their animals really, really well and they take care of them because that gives healthier milk as well. So it's for the benefit of the animals and for the, the milk supply too. So there's reasons why, but it is just important to be aware of that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, just a brief summary on on dairy. And I just if you are considering, you know, removing dairy from your life, uh, why are you doing it? Is it because someone told you that it's not good for you and that it's um, going to cause hormonal issues, things like that? Yes, you may notice some short term benefits when you come off dairy. However, the long term effects by not getting the fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, and K, and then your uh, other micronutrients like iodine, calcium, and that, they're so important for our bone health, our thyroid health, all of that. If our calcium levels are low in our body, our parathyroid gland or parathyroid hormone has to basically break down our bones to get more calcium from our bones. So you can imagine your bones breaking down to get the calcium. And we want bioavailable calcium. So the calcium that's found in milk is extremely bioavailable and really ready, readily usable by the body. So again, it's just really important to consider what are the factors causing you to, to reduce dairy. Um, again, the dose is the poison. So like reducing your intake would be definitely a really good start. So looking like not having so much milk in your diet but making sure you're getting good sources like i'd be an advocate for having you know greek yogurt goat's cheese and uh, goat's milk whole fat milk um, and when i say whole fat milk, i don't mean gallons of it i just mean a little bit maybe in your tea or you know after recovery of exercise with a protein shake or something like that um also like even ice cream if you're going to go for ice cream I'd probably go for like a good quality one like Haagen-Dazs or something that has limited ingredients other than milk and cream and a bit of sugar and while a lot of other products have so many other additives added into it and that can be the issue with the dairy but if you're going to cut out dairy but and you're getting issues with it but you're eating so much sugary dairy like sugary ice cream and um lots of chocolate and processed cheese and processed pizza and things like that that can be 
more of the issue rather than the dairy itself. So I think I've kind of, you know, highlighted that enough at this point, but just to be really sure, what are the factors that's causing you to consider um, cutting out your dairy? And if you are someone, as I said, who gets those issues or food sensitivities or sensitivities like itchy ears and um, hay fever and the recurrent ear and throat infections perhaps this is something that might benefit you and by cutting it out you might notice a difference but if you're someone who doesn't have any of those issues and is just doing because can think it's the right thing to do or it's good for you do consider um you know what you're going to be missing out on in terms of nutrients um from these uh, from dairy so like I've, I've listed a lot of them now but your b vitamins all of your fat soluble vitamins and all of those minerals that are in there um, and it's just a fantastic source for fats proteins and carbohydrates as well um, and it's just a really easy way of getting nutrients in your diet so it is it's very easy to be quite nourished when you're eating these foods and um, but I would just encourage you to eat them from good sources rather than the poorer quality dairy foods like processed uh, dairy foods um, so yeah I think that's a good enough um, summary on dairy for you and to get you thinking on whether it is the issue or whether it perhaps is your own gut that could be the issue and other things that are in your life like look at your stress levels first like before removing foods from the diet look at what you have in it is there enough fiber in the diet and then are you sleeping well enough and is your stress levels really high because these are things that are going to infect your gut and your and your ability to digest foods and like these will affect bloating and these will affect this do a consistency and uh, things like that so before blaming a good food source or a food source like dairy consider what else is going on in your life but if you are someone who has those recurrent throat infections and ear infections it may do you really well to cut those out and if you also get a severely bad pms it may benefit you for a while to cut this dairy out and give you a chance to reduce the histamine load on the body and start to introduce maybe less histamine foods like dairy and um reduce the inflammation that's going on in the body but then to gradually bring it back in again I'd always like to see a some amount of dairy in the diet if you are willing to eat it and you um are able to tolerate it to some extent so cutting it out can be beneficial maybe at a healing stage at the beginning if you've got severely bad PMS for example or uh, other food or other digestive issues but I would be inclined to try to reintroduce it back in but not huge amounts because remember I said you'll have stopped making that lactase enzyme so you'll actually end up being more you'll have a lot of issues when you eat a large amount after cutting it out for a while. So gradually reintroducing again. So quite small amounts over a period of a week or two. And um, so every day you'd be gradually adding in some more. So that's what I will just say around that. But um, yeah, I just think it's important to talk about this and debunk some myths around dairy. It shouldn't be demonized as much as it is, in my opinion. And uh, there's definitely a middle ground for dairy. Yes, in some cases, it may not agree with an individual based on their genetic makeup. And also, it may just not be something you want to take for ethical reasons. And that's absolutely fine. However, then there's the other side of things where like the, you can have loads of dairy in your diet and again loads of everything is going to cause an issue too so it's kind of a moderation approach or balanced approach i would be in the middle there having moderate amounts of dairy is a really good way of getting good nutritious um good nutrients into your diet and that's easily affordable and quite tasty as well there's lots of things that you can do with dairy and um, so i hope this uh, helps and if there's any 
questions on this, I might do some more stuff over on my Instagram on MJ Nutrition on my Instagram um, and talk about this because I do think it's quite a topical conversation. And um, I think, yeah, it's important just to break down some of the myths surrounding it. Um, But yeah, other than that, Uh, thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please leave a review on itunes and share this on uh, social media platforms like instagram and facebook i'd really appreciate it so um this can get out to more people to help them as well but uh, thank you so much for listening and i'll be back next week with another episode